Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Fences on today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. I went and saw this yesterday. I... I've been looking forward to it. It's character-driven. It's generally taking place within the confines of one particular location, which is the type of film that I've mentioned as my favorite before. And it's gotten really good reviews, a lot of hype for the Oscars, particularly for Viola Davis, and a little bit for Denzel. And it's adapted from a Tony Award-winning play on Broadway. There's a lot to like heading into this film. And there's a lot to like in this film. Uh, You know, I I can't deny that. The acting is superb all across the board. I guess personally I would say that uh, the, the the guy who plays Corey... ...is... I would say the least impressive performer, and he has his moments, but I think overall he is a step down from the majority of the cast. I particularly liked the uh, eldest son, the older son. I think he's really good. And yeah, uh, you know, it's just there's a lot of really great acting in this, and that's the heart of the film. You know, there's a semblance of a plot but it's nothing too significant it's fairly straightforward and just kind of deals with this sort of stitched together family as they try to navigate their lives and how they're changing and issues and things that crop up it's not too involved otherwise and I would say that most of the problems that I had with it, I can't really even say until I go into spoilers. And there aren't a huge spoilers, but there's one pretty, there's one significant spoiler that I think is better to go into the film not knowing. So I would advise you to not listen to the spoilers part of this, which isn't coming at the moment, but when it does come. But for now, I mostly just have positive things to say. I think Denzel and Viola Davis spend the majority of the film trying to outdo one another. Uh, If you've seen the trailer, the emotional scene where, you know, Viola Davis is like crying and snotty all over her face. And, you know, that's a great scene. Uh, Denzel about, you know, liking his son. That's a great scene. There's so many great scenes. And... You never think that anyone really is truly, you know, performing. It it feels natural. It feels real. Like, these are characters they've lived as, not pretended to be. You know, it's it's tough to, to get that kind of performance in one actor in a film, let alone the entire cast. I was really kind of floored by just how perfectly they all kind of fit together 
And so, you know, they're just kind of going through the motions. And there's not a lot, there's not really a lot more to say. Uh, you know, the, the crux of the film, uh, you know, Denzel Washington's character is a garbage collector. And he's the sole moneymaker in, in the household. They have two sons. And one is in his 30s. You know, he's already grown. He's out trying to play music and do his thing. The other has is in high school and is trying to be a, a football player. And Denzel used to be a baseball player. And he kind of got fucked over by racism. And so he doesn't want that for his son. And so that's kind of their central conflict. Is you know, he's trying to simultaneously raise his kid to not be like him and, and kind of fall for the deception of success while also not being like him in having to work a menial job for the rest of their, his life. And, but but at the same time, you know, to be like him, to be driven, to be respectful, to do what you say, say what you do, say what you mean, mean what you say, and all of that. So, you know, there's, a, you know, kind of an inherent conflict there because the son just wants to play football. And you get that he's kind of following more in the footsteps of his, uh, his brother who wakes up every day happy because he's playing music he's doing what he loves and it's not really bringing in a lot of money but he continues to do it because that's what he wants out of life and that's that's a significant thing that's a that's a very heartwarming topic and subject i think one that denzel washington's character kind of shoves aside and thinks is foolish but you know that's kind of the state of the movie he also has a uh his friend that he works with uh, bono who i feel like he gets kind of pushed to the side a lot you know denzel does does that to pretty much every other character in the movie except viola davis and he kind of just overpowers them not just in his perform not just in his performance but in the character it's himself you know he that's the kind of person he is you know there's a conversation he's going to be at the forefront he's driving the conversation he's driving the topics he's driving everything and that's kind of off-putting you know you want to hear from more people you don't just want it to be monologuing and monologuing and monologuing that's not really you know that's better for a stage play which Touching on that really quickly, I think that the ad- the adapting from stage to screen is mildly successful at best. It's not perfect, but and and like you can tell watching it that it's meant to be on a stage, and I think that's generally the issue. You don't want to be able to tell that when you're watching a movie. You know, for example, I one of my favorite films that is 
similar, similarly structured is the Sunset Limited, which takes place entirely in Samuel L. Jackson's character's apartment. But I've seen it a few times, and I've never felt as though what I was watching wasn't um, wasn't filmed. You know, it didn't. It never felt it, the way it was filmed, the way it was framed, the way it was edited made it feel as though it wasn't supposed to be a stage play. And I, I don't think it is. I think it was a book. It might have been a stage. It might have been a play. But but just the, the, the camera angles and, you know, constantly moving around and, and doing close-ups and pullbacks and things like that, all of that kind of added to this sense that it wasn't just these two characters on the same set for an hour and a half or however long. Whereas in Fences, there was kind of a lot of that. And I'm not sure if that's just because the camera didn't move around enough or a lot of the shots were given the same exact angle throughout the film. But that was kind of one of the problems that doesn't revolve around spoilers of the film. Uh, another issue is how few female characters there are. We don't even see second female character until the very end of the film, which I was sort of upset that it barely passed the Bechdel test at the end with this completely previously unknown female character it was sort of troublesome, but I guess I, I can't. It's true, that's what exactly happened, so it is what it is. And then there is the the idea of the fence building itself, you know, that's kind of the driving message behind the film, you know, you've got, but it, it, it kind of doesn't, it gets, it's overshadowed in the beginning, because you don't even realize that that's what's being ha that's what's happening until it comes up i don't know 20 30 minutes into the movie and then it has a couple of high points where it's focused on it's referenced then it disappears again for like the back 30 30 40 minutes of the movie with like one spike toward the end of the film and so you kind of have to take that with a grain of salt and interpret it as yes that he's building a real fence but actually the fence is something different and it's more in his mind and it's kind of a representation of his philosophy and outlook on life but that's kind of doesn't fully encapsulate it either because you're still dealing with there is a real fence and you've got uh i think bono Bono is the one that Bono is the one who says that some fences keep people in, some fences are built to keep people out. But you get the sense that Denzel doesn't want to kick anybody out of his house, but he also doesn't want to keep, you know, like it, it's it's like it applies differently to every single character, and then on top of that, applies differently through Denzel to every single other character. He wants to keep so-and-so at his house he wants to kick so-and-so out he wants to keep so-and-so at his house 
He wants to kick, and he wants to kick most people out. You know, his brother, who is a little touched, he has a metal plate in his head uh, after being at war. Uh, previously, used to live with them, and and Denzel took care of him until he finally left and went to stay with somebody else. And you're, it's kind of explained that he left of his own volition. You know, he didn't. He wasn't forced out. And there's also the implication that Denzel Washington didn't do enough to try and keep him there. And whether whatever the case may be, it, it doesn't feel like he's pushing anyone out unless they violate his sort of code of ethics, as it were. And that's essentially boils down to lying about anything you know telling him one thing and not being truthful or merely uh, failure to comply with the rules of the household and things that he owns so all in all you know it's a very compelling drama it's a little long but and and i think that there's a little bit too much monologuing that takes place but you do by the end of the film have a pretty good sense of all the characters and you really feel like you know them and have lived with them in a sense the the vantage point of you know kind of where most of everything takes place in the backyard is such that you sort of feel like you're their neighbor and you just watched all this from your window and you know, you're that, that neighbor that's constantly on the lookout for, oh, what are they doing tonight? What's, oh, what's, what's this argument about? Oh, what are they talking about now? Who's, who's, what's going, is he, is he okay? Or, you know, you got all these different questions running through your head. So, you know, I do think it's a good movie, but the big flaw and issue that I have with it that I'll, I'll reveal in the spoilers discussion really hinders the rating of this film for me it would be so much higher otherwise uh, but as as it stands i can't i just i can't do it i have to lower the score and so that being said uh that was the spoiler free part of the review for fences and you know maybe you'll have a different reaction to the thing that i really didn't like or maybe not. But for now, let's let's move into spoiler discussion right now. Any path, so many worth exploring. Just one would be so boring. And look what you're ignoring. Okay, so we get these hints throughout the film from Bono that Denzel is sort of flirting with other women he's got some sort of action going on on the side you know he's like what in his late 50s in this movie theoretically so whether you know we never see the other women or woman but you know about three-fourths of the film way through the film he's pulled aside by bono who's like hey look man i, I know what you're doing you gotta stop it you gotta figure things out and i don't you know you've got Viola Davis, she's a great woman. I don't want to see you lose her. And Denzel just kind of like, okay, okay. 
which was a really good scene. I really liked that scene because generally when you have a scene like that in a movie, you've got the Denzel the character in Denzel's position kind of just like reacts really poorly and like indignant, I feel. And so to have him kind of acquiesce and, you know, like, well, yeah, I know I'm not doing the right thing. I should, I got to figure this shit out. You know, I like that. I think that's a good character moment. And so pretty much the very next scene, he addresses, finds Viola Davis and he says, hey, look, I got to tell you something. And this is perfect. This is really, really good writing. And he pulls her aside and he says, I'm going to be a dad. And that's a perfect way to write this scene. Because we know that he's sort of got a thing going on the side. And so we're expecting him to say, I cheated. Or I slept with somebody else. Or I have another relationship. Or having an affair. That's what we're waiting for. And he drops a huge bomb. And he says, I'm going to be a father. Wow, I love that goosebumps i i thought it was fantastic and viola well, obviously viola davis does not think it's fantastic hates that and wants nothing to do with it and that's what kind of sparks a lot of their fury at each other they're yelling at each other they hate it and you hate denzel in that moment you know you completely sympathize with viola davis he totally betrayed her and that's somewhat unforgivable so the problem is that viola davis doesn't leave and you know she does give reasons for this the, this being the case and i can see them but I, I I mean I guess I can I can submit to that on on the first level you know Denzel Washington pays for everything uh, gives her a place to sleep food to eat etc and so so on on the service level I see the reasons why she doesn't leave and I also see a lot of reasons why she should leave. So then we kind of time skip ahead a little bit and now this woman is in the hospital. She's pregnant and she has the baby. It's a girl, but the woman dies giving birth. So now Denzel brings the kid back home with him and addresses Viola Davis. And he's like, look, this baby girl is innocent. She doesn't know a single ounce of sin from the moment she was born. And now she needs a family and she needs a mom. And I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? He's asking his wife to raise his, the baby with the that he had with the woman he just had an affair with. It's ludicrous. And to her credit, she gives a really good react, response to this. You know, she says... Well, then this baby's going to have a mother. But you're womanless, she says to Denzel. You know, now he's his side piece is dead. His wife hates him and is no longer, quote, his. 
So, but, but like, she's still his wife and she still lives in the same house. They still sleep in the same bed. Or at least they did. Uh, the last time you see them sleeping asleep, they're sleeping in the same bed, which is when you get the call that the hot, that, that the woman's given birth. So I don't, I don't fucking understand that. I think that's really strange. And so, so there's there's a lot of hate towards the Denzel character. A lot of you know the kids don't like him. He kicks his son out of the house, and you know Bono stopped coming around. So I'm like, okay, what? So what's the ending here, right? You've got your main character who is no longer a good guy is now a bad guy. He has kind of made a lot of bad decisions within this, particularly in the second half of the film. And now you kind of have two routes. You can either go for some sort of redemption play or some sort of comeuppance, right? Those are kind of your only two directions. And (laughs) the film takes neither, right? The film skips ahead again. So now uh, the daughter is five or six years old and... Denzel's character is dead, right? We skip all the way to the funeral funeral service. Everyone's back at the house. Uh, the middle-aged kid returns from the Marines. And you got Denzel's brother who gets out of the mental hospital. They're all there to talk. And the kid who was in the Marines, who had the biggest conflict with Denzel, says to Viola Davis, I'm not going to the funeral I tried all my life to say no to him, and I never could, and so I finally need to say no to him for something. I love that. I think that's fantastic. And Viola Davis goes apeshit on him for trying to do what he wants to tell him about how great and how good of intentions Denzel's character had. Are you shitting me? What What the fuck is that? It makes no fucking sense. He was an awful parent. He was an awful husband. And all these characters at the end of the film are revering him, are worshipping him for this shit that he did. He's a fucking awful person. And whether or not he had good intentions, some of the worst things in the world have happened because of good intentions. What is that from? Uh, Jurassic Park 3. I'm quoting Jurassic Park 3. Some of the greatest mistakes have come from the best of intentions. And it would be fine. You know, one big mistake, I get it. You can forgive something. But, like, there's a systematic thing going on here. You know, he's constantly at odds with every single child he's had. Constantly berating them. Continuously doesn't support their lives. You know, he's against his son who plays music. He's against his son who plays football. He kicks one of his kids out of the house. He cheats on his wife, has a kid with the other woman, has his wife raise the kid that had with the other woman when she dies. It just, it blows my mind that the film can end in such a way as to, one, uh, imply that 
Denzel's character got to heaven, which, oh my goodness, I can't, I don't even want to like go to that to go that go there. But two, all the characters like love him, and no one at the end of the film is relieved or happy or pleased that he's gone. And I'm not saying they need to throw a party now that he's dead. But like you need, I I wanted some sort of catharsis, cathartic release. I I don't understand these reactions to this, and I had a lot of lot of problems with this ending. I really did not appreciate. It. I did not like it. Uh, you know, I, I I haven't listened to any other reviews on this film. I haven't. So I don't I don't know if anyone else feels the same way. I uh, if if you feel the opposite way, if you loved this ending, I would love for you to kind of explain to me what makes you feel that way cuz I really don't see it and I really don't understand and I'm not sure how closely to the play that this adaptation follows. I know uh, August Wilson wrote the play and wrote the adaptation so presumably they're very similar but i don't know exactly how similar uh, so if you and you know, i just like he's he's despicable and and yet everyone is okay with it why are they okay with why are they okay with it i wouldn't be i couldn't be time and time again denzel washington negatively impacted everybody else's lives time and time and time and time and time and time again and then here we are he's gone which is sad like sure he's your dad he's your husband he's your whatever and he's dead i get it that's still an emotional thing that's still gonna hurt you know he's been in your life for 17 20 30 years however long it is for whoever it is I get that that's a significant loss, but for there to be so much reverence, I really, really can't fathom that. And maybe that's just a product of when this film takes place. You know, it takes place in, I think, the 40s. I think. Maybe the 50s. You know, so it's, it's definitely a different time. It's not today it's not the teens and i didn't live then i i couldn't tell you whether that's a more of a symptom from the fifth you know the the 1950s but i just it just really bothered me it really upset me it really upset me So, yeah, that's uh, that's the, my review of Fences. I I hope that if you went and saw this movie, or if you still plan to go to see this movie, that you did or will enjoy it more than I did. Uh, like I said, I still think this is a positive film on the positive side. It's probably going to get somewhere in the 60s for me because of that ending. And... If you appreciate and enjoy the 
the material and things that I, I release, please go to circleoffilm.com to check out any other content that I may have. Or you can, and if you want to get in touch, you can email me at circleoffilm at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same goodnight. Come on, baby, when we paint the town. And all that jazz. So long, farewell, I'll be the same Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.